Today we're gonna explore nutrition beliefs. I'll share some of the lessons I've learned and where I'm at now. And I'm gonna also offer some questions for you to explore in your own time. The next couple of episodes coming up are going to uh, be all about nutrition and we're gonna hear from some other professionals. So I just wanted to set the stage now. You can ponder on them as well. So when we get to those episodes, perhaps there's a little bit more context. Honestly, I feel that nutrition science is really, really debated, right? You can take like 50 professionals, put them in the same room, and they're all going to disagree on multiple points. Sometimes it's legitimate because there are a lot of variables to consider, but sometimes it's just cherry-picked information or the ego game. But I'm not about that life. Hence, humble pie, right? Right? (laughs) And beyond the professionals, anyone that eats sometimes feels that they're an expert on nutrition. You know, like a random family member, your your neighbor, <laughs> some colleague, and telling us what we should and shouldn't do, right? The, oh my God, are you going to eat that? Um, my eyes, my just rolled my eyes to the back of my head when I said that. <laughs> so what we're going to explore in this episode is not to answer you with like absolute answer and here's a perfect diet to rule them all. Not really. I'm just kind of exploring what I've been thinking and I'm going to ask some questions as well for you to consider. So most of us growing up had not necessarily, you know, a lot of education about nutrition We grew up with beliefs around food that have been passed down from culture, from family, from environment. And we've all had various experiences, whether, you know, from what I just mentioned as well and where we are situated in the world and what we've been exposed to. And these experiences, whether they be mental or physical, have all shaped our beliefs about nutrition. So it's not that this is the way it is forever, there's an opportunity to explore and to look at things that we used to know and be like, oh, no, that was not serving me. That's completely inaccurate. And I'm also expecting that moving forward, I'm probably going to have a lot of questions about the things I'm saying at the moment, which uh, is November 2021. So there are some scientific terminology um, that – you know, those are those are not debatable. Those are facts. Like we have the law of thermodynamics. We have uh, calories. We have macronutrients. We have micronutrients. Those are just definitions of things. And I call them the elements of nutrition. And I picture it <laughs> uh, exactly what's in front of me. I'm sitting in a podcast booth and I'm picturing a DJ mixing board. So I want you to take the variables I just mentioned and think of them as knobs on a DJ mixing board. So you have each one of them represents their own knob. And we increase or decrease the volume depending on the intent. So whether we're talking about eating more nutritiously, going through a fat loss phase, uh, being in a surplus to gain muscle, or preparing for a specific sports performance goal, the foundations are the same. The knobs aren't changing. It's how we dial them in, uh, change their volume to say that 
allows us to get to the direction or achieve the consequence that we're trying to get to. And I'm going to back up for a second for some things I used to believe before I understood this that I just explained, the DJ mixing board. I used to really think that it was absolute, that there has to be one way to do one thing. I've been there, much like I'm sure many of you have, where we wanted X diet to work. So I tried this diet. I tried uh, a new fitness program. And I would go all in. On Monday, I'm going to do a juice cleanse. And this supplement is going to change the game. Absolutely. I'm going to have apple cider vinegar. I'm going to chug it. <laughs> it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna make me lose fat, right? Mm. Those are some of the things I 1,000% believed. Absolutely did myself. <laughs> and... The, the part is, the, the, for us to really, really think about, is that there's always something. There's constantly new diet. Or technically, it's like old diets with a shiny new name because all their stuff is the same thing. Um, or a new supplement that promises something outrageous. Or a new approach that's supposed to be magical and, you know, with unicorn and fairies. But not that there can't be. Right, that's the whole point. That as we're advancing in in scientific research and technology, by all means, I hope that we discover new ways to do something. But there, there really are just too good to be true, and and they're just out of context or they're overemphasized. Um, like, yeah, absolutely, some supplements are super beneficial, but in what context? Like, one supplement or a fat burner isn't going to miraculously get you to your goals. And the diet industry is worth billions of dollars, billions of U.S. dollars globally. And we have to remember that many aspects of it are just business. And I mean, so is this. Obviously, I'm a coach, and no, I'm not doing things for free. But a lot of the companies in the diet and fitness industry, uh, let's just say they put business first and everything else second, right? So there's cherry pick data and they're just trying to capitalize the best way they can. And they mostly by manipulating you and I and capitalizing on our insecurities and fears. And they'll treat us as some, you know, little dumb person who needs to be rescued and that they only have the solution. Now I've seen, I've seen a shift over the past little while in this where there's a little bit more, um, togetherness, a little bit more autonomy. But honestly, this is what I remember from, from when I was younger and I was entering the fitness industry. I, th I thought I was broken, that I was always something wrong with me and that somebody else had a solution and they could fix it. Um, this absolutely rages me. I, today, in my adult body, having gone through what I've gone through, I believe in autonomy. I believe in choice. I believe in education, empowerment, and sustainability. And I believe this not just for me, but for my clients and in coaching. So if anyone ever feels dependent on me, then I have failed. And I have to take a very hard look at myself and be like, well, how did you enable them? How did you support them? And where can you improve? Um, it's, a, it's an opportunity to get better. So yeah, corporations are responsible, but so are you. So am I. We all are. Without self-reflection and taking ownership of our food decisions, we are giving the green light to a lot of these companies to keep supplying the demand because it's there. Uh, unless we demand change and we start to structure how we look at wellness, 
it's going to continue being perpetuated, right? Because business is business. One, one part that I feel has only recently been like, or maybe it's because I have thought a lot more about it, so I'm seeing it, but I think that the wellness industry and the diet industry was kind of bypassing socioeconomics. And in my experience, a lot of the advice around nutrition was sort of skipping on food privilege, and, and there was a lot of food shaming, and there was a lot of claims that you forget will differ significantly depending on the background and the budget of the person. So those blanket statements, as as innocent as they may be, are not really helpful to a large group of people. And And for example, the whole clean eating, eat organic and fresh only. Well, okay, on the one side, sure. That that's awesome. If you can if you can eat fresh food, absolutely. But eating frozen or packaged foods or foods that um, you know, come from a can, like that isn't horrible. There's nothing to shame somebody. It's just a different way of getting nutrition, especially now when you know, uh, we, we are coming through a pandemic and a lot of people got hit really hard. And so how do we support them? Why why can't we make it so that it is more accessible globally? So the, the, the reality is that I'm a nutrition professional and I still have challenge feeding myself sometimes. Like, so what does that say if there are kids... And, you know, people have smaller paychecks, living paycheck to paycheck or in different neighborhoods or just places where there is less access. So I'm in Canada and I'm thinking up north, like some foods just just outrageous inflated prices. So we can't be making the same general nutrition recommendations and have it be applicable to everyone. And that's also where we have to recognize that not every single thing that we read or see can be applicable to our situation. It's just sort of impossible to have it be all-encompassing where you're taking every single uh, aspect of a context. Um, so it, it comes just with awareness. So recognize that everything that you read or see is relevant to you or your situation. And when you are the person writing or creating, just keep in mind that you know, there is other pieces to your puzzle and then you can't make absolute generalized statements and think that they're applicable. So among all of that, in my opinion, I I would argue that what matters the most amongst nutrition is human behavior. I'm not an expert on this topic, so that's why I'm saying by my opinion. Um, but keep in mind that we're humans, not robots. We make choices and we eat food. So throwing around science jargon and debating X, Y, Z is really just useless <laughs> because we haven't paid attention to the fact that there is an emotional human being with inevitable obstacles. So if we're arguing about a point that is irrelevant to that person, like all we've done is just go in circles and feed an ego conversation. But like, so what? Like, what do we do with this? Um, if what we're doing collectively was working, then there wouldn't be so much confusion. <laughs> and over the years, there's been an increase, you know, in in diabetes, you know, obesity and disordered eating worldwide. And we have so much more information. It's 2021. We have access to so much information. But why isn't it working? I don't know. 
That's why we're having conversations like this. I just feel like we have a lot of information, but what do we do with it? So here are my six most significant lessons I've learned about nutrition. And I've summarized them all into six. Number one, food is neither good or bad. Let's take that morality out of it. It depends on context. And I'm specifically emphasizing language. Uh, as I'm really, I really want to encourage a healthy relationship with food. Language matters. Food isn't good or bad. It's not clean or dirty. It is nutrient dense. It is nutrient void. It is nutrient light. There is a purpose to everything. Um, number two, food shaming and guilt doesn't work, especially long term. Of course, we each have to take self-responsibility, but what good comes from demonizing food or fear-mongering misinformation? So what good comes from making someone feel bad, especially if they have limited resources? So back to like the canned versus fresh, fresh point I was making earlier. Like what can you do if you can't afford, uh, you know, to contact a local butcher and your, your budget's really small? Like does that mean that you're not going to be getting to your goals? Because you can't get fresh uh, local source beef. Overall, none of us know someone's relationship with food or do we know their whole background, right? I think of this as that, that iceberg image. So we're seeing the tip. What about the rest of it? So basically, mind your own damn plate. Number three, it's not what, but more why and how. So I was mentioning that earlier that we have so much information, <laughs> but is more information better or do we take away information and just make it a little bit more simple and focus on, well, how do we implement this and why? So I feel that maybe collectively we can agree mostly that eating whole sources of animal and plant-based proteins, fruits and veggies, nuts and seeds with minimal processing may be most ideal, but... I'm going to say this immediately. This is also debatable, which is going to go back to point number two. <laughs> it's we're allowed to have different goals and preferences. And just make sure that it's appropriate for you and that it's sustainable and that you're making just an educated decision for why you're doing something. Point number four, food is more than fuel. Obviously, it fuels our bodies and our minds, but we are not machines. We are complex human beings with a variety of behaviors and cultural traditions. So food is also social. It's also cultural. It's also for joy. It's also for creativity. And whatever the goal, we have to consider the context and the background of the human being in front of us. There is more than one way to eat healthy. And there's 7 billion of us on this planet. You don't have to cut out the foods that you love just to get to your fitness goals. Point number five, it's in the small steps. You don't need a hardcore cleanse or a restrictive diet. Maybe depending on the situation, but for the purpose of this conversation, focus on one thing to improve, then another, and so on and so forth. So less of the, on Monday, I'm doing a juice cleanse and I'm cutting out everything. And... More of the, I'm adding a new vegetable at dinner today. Six, knowing and doing are not the same thing. So have you intended to eat better and make all of your own food and then you end up snacking mindlessly 
or you end up ordering in like multiple times. I mean, I'm raising my hand as I'm saying it. I've absolutely been there, like full admission. No, we are not perfect and have everything all together. So yes, know what to do, but make it simple. The more complicated, the harder it is to implement. Start simple, then you can always add more. So make it easy, make it tangible, make it accessible. The more hoops you have to jump through, the less likely it is that you're actually going to do it. So here's some questions to consider for yourself. Have I tracked my food in one way or another? Do I have a realistic plan in place? Am I following through? Am I consistent? Is this sustainable? Is it moving me closer or further away from my health and fitness goals? And point seven, because um, I just realized I wrote down four twice, so apparently I had seven lessons. Choose where you get your advice from. As I've mentioned, there's a lot of information. Not all of it's helpful. Not all of it's relevant. And some people, even with the best of intentions, may continue to perpetuate this information and may promote an unhealthy relationship with food. So something, for example, I mentioned tracking in the previous point. Well, maybe someone with a history of disorder eating, tracking isn't appropriate for them. But in what, in, like, in what way? Maybe tracking macros isn't, but maybe for them it's taking a picture of their food or maybe it's writing it down just as an awareness as an awareness tool. So that's where I meant by you have the behavior and you have an individual approach of how you can um, offer offer it to an, to somebody. So as much as there are general guideline, understanding an individual's need with the language that they understand is really, really important. And honestly, I do my best to call myself out if I'm operating out of scope or if I'm adding more harm and confusion. And uh, if I'm not, please tell me. Uh, like I said, the whole point, humble pie, <laughs> I'll eat my own slice, is, hey, how can I get better for you? Or what tools am I missing that can serve somebody? So in summary, I'm going to repeat our seven points. Food is neither good or bad. Food shaming and guilt doesn't work, especially long term. It's not the what, but more of the why and the how. Food is more than fuel. It's in the small steps. Knowing and doing are not the same thing. And choose where you get your advice from. Make sure that there are reputable sources. And recognize also in summary, everything depends on context. Um, except eating, you know, actual toxic stuff like Tide Pods. Like don't, don't fucking eat a Tide Pod, okay? <laughs> There are many other beliefs uh, that we shall explore more in the coming episodes. Like I mentioned, we're going to have a couple of nutrition professionals in the next couple of episodes, a dietitian from Connecticut and a food psychology focused nutritionist from Toronto. So if you found this episode educational, relatable or thought provoking, please share so we can continue to grow this community. Um, if you have any questions or suggestions, please you know, contact me. You can let me know. It's, it's, uh, it's in the show notes. Add podcasts with pie. 
and rate and share, 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 share. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for helping me realize uh, a dream that I've been procrastinating for over a decade. And until next time, in the words of my nephew, okay, bye.